right. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 21. This is a familiar scripture about when Jesus is reinstating Peter. Peter has denied Christ and and Jesus has come back from the dead and him and Peter are kind of in this. Peter wants to, uh, he loves Jesus and Jesus loves him, but things are just kind of hard between them. And so uh, this is Jesus talking to him and showing him his heart and Peter showing God, Jesus, his heart. And so uh, there's two or three different ways to look at this. And, and this is, tonight I'm just going to be mostly talking about why, why Jesus talks about sheep so much here. And so uh, let's all stand in honor of God's word. And we're going to begin reading with verse 15 and go through 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. Jesus said these things to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Father, tonight, you're interested in sheep. And uh, you say that if we love you, we'll be interested in your sheep as well. And so, Father, I pray tonight that we would be interested in the people you're interested in. And you're interested in some uh, different people, mainly ourselves. And so, Father, help us to see people like you do. And Father, I just pray tonight that you challenge our church and our hearts and help us to be what you've called us to be. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Three times Jesus tells Peter, if you love me, you'll take care of my sheep. And uh, when you say something three times, it means that it's very important to whoever you're saying it to. I can remember when my kids were at home, I would ask them to do something and they wouldn't do it. And I'd finally get aggravated and I'd say, how many times am I going to have to ask you this so I can get it done and we won't have to go through this anymore? I said, will 10 times be enough? And then I would ask them 10 times. And by the time I would get done, they would just be thoroughly disgusted with me and go ahead and do what I ask them to do. But Jesus tells Peter three times that he's interested in sheep and he thinks that if Peter really loves him that he would be interested in what Jesus is in interested in and and we need to think about that if we really love Jesus if we truly love Jesus then we're interested in the things that he is interested in and uh, so I started looking back at the different things that Jesus said about sheep Jesus said that he would leave the 
the 99 and go find the one that was lost. He said that he was the gate. He said when he had sheep that he would be the gate and he would guard them against the thief. And, and then he said that in, in Psalms 23, he talks about leading them beside the still waters in the green pasture. So if I love Jesus, when he says I need to take care of his sheep, then we need to know what Jesus' heart is towards his people, and we need to have that heart as well. And I need to ask you tonight, are you interested in Jesus' sheep? Are you interested in the sheep that Jesus is interested in? And are you interested in those sheep thriving? I think we're interested in us thriving. I've been talking to you today, and, and uh, you've been talking about, some of you have been joking about what it means to thrive uh, when we talk about thrive, I think everyone says, you know, boy, I'd like to thrive. Are you interested in the person next to you thriving? Are you interested in the person that sits across the church from you that maybe has just started coming to church? Are you interested in doing what take it takes to get them to a place where they are thriving with God? What about the person that doesn't even attend church here? What about the person you work with that doesn't go to church anywhere, doesn't have anything to do with church? Are you interested in them thriving? And so I started thinking about what Jesus talked about when he talked about his sheep. The first thing I mentioned is that he left the 99 for the one. I'm going to tell you, it gets really easy to be interested in the 99, the church is kind of the 99. They're the ones that are doing all right. They're, they're, you don't have to worry about them too much. They're, they're following God. And it's, in, it's, it's easy to get interested and involved in, in the life of the 99, of, of those who are following Christ. And we're all following God together. And, and we all love Jesus. And we like to come and tell each other what I've learned from the Bible this week. And we like to study and pontificate about what we've learned about in his word and, and God has answered our prayers and we love to we love to do that it's it's fun to get together with the 99 isn't it we had a we had a couple of three uh uh fellowship times this summer and all the 99 got together and that was that's fun and I'm not I'm not knocking that but Jesus says there are times when he says I need to leave the 99 and go get the one He's really interested in the one. And I think sometimes we're more interested in the 99. We're more interested in the church than we are in the lost. And we're not about the church. We're, we need to not be so much about the church and maybe more about the business of Christ. The church is to be about the business of Christ, but, but sometimes we get more interested in preserving the institution and the group than we are about the reason behind the institution. The reason that we have the church, the reason that we have the 99 is to reach out and bring more in. That's what we're here for. But I'm afraid that sometimes we are more interested in us than we are in the them. And I, and I throw myself into this group. I'm interested in the us 
too. I'm interested in our families. I'm, I'm interested in going through life together. I'm interested in your kids doing good. But at some time, we have to be interested in those who do not yet know who Christ is. And Jesus specifically tells Peter, he says, I'm interested in sheep, and if you love me, and, and we say we love God, and we, and we come to church, and we sing the songs, and we love God, and I believe that we do. But he says, if you really love me, you're interested in the people that I'm interested in, and I'm not only interested in the 99, I'm interested in the one that's lost. And God has called us church to be in love with Jesus, and so if we're in love with Jesus, we need to be interested in the one that is lost. And it's very easy to have more loyalty to the church and to its programs than it is to be loyal to Christ and be interested in the people he's interested in. Are the 99 important? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's interesting, the 99 are okay. Do you know that? In, in the story that Jesus said, the 99 are safe, the 99 are where they're supposed to be. If, if somebody's where you're supposed to be, do you have to worry about them so much? Do you have to goo and gaw over them so much? No, they're where they're supposed to be. I was driving down the road the other day, and I, I saw a calf that was out. There was one calf that was out. All the rest of the cows were right where they were supposed to be, but there was one that was out. And that was the one that we needed to be worried about. That's the one that's going to get hit. Or that's the one that's going to run into somebody's car and somebody's going to get in trouble over that. The other ones were doing fine. Now, do they need some attention? Yeah. You need to go in and make sure they're all doing all right and count them and make sure they're healthy. And we don't leave them alone, but we really need to worry about the one that's out. And God has called us to have that same sort of worry in our life. Do we enjoy this? Absolutely. But we can never, ever forget that there are those who are not here. And we should never forget that we were that person at one time. There was one time that we were out. There was one time that we weren't part of the 99. And somebody reached out to us and brought us in. And praise God, aren't you glad they did? And God has called us to do the same. And so we need to love like he does. Are you interested in the one? Jesus is. Jesus is interested in the one. And you say, oh, pastor, do you know that one? Have you been around that guy? He's not interested in Jesus. He's not interested in what Jesus has to say. He's not interested in, in giving his life to Jesus. He's interested in doing whatever he wants to do. He's not interested in Jesus, but Jesus is interested in him. And because Jesus is interested in him, he calls us to be interested in him as well. And if we love Jesus, then we are. And I'm telling you, Jesus is interested in some crazy people. He's interested in me, and I'm as crazy as I come. We all are. We all have our quirks and, our, and things, and, and God is interested in us. And aren't you glad that he is? He never looks at anybody and says, there's no hope for them. He's interested in the one, are you? The second thing that Jesus talks about, and I was just, talk, just going through sheep stories. Jesus likes to talk about sheep a lot. He said he guards the sheep. If we love the sheep, we should guard the sheep as Jesus did. Wouldn't you want to uh, 
wouldn't, wouldn't you want to trust your sheep with someone who would guard them like you do? What does the guard, what does the guard mean? It means that we protect them from Satan. We protect them from evil. We protect uh, from false teachings. The, the job of the church is that we, we protect uh, not, not just our doctrine, but that we protect the integrity of the word. We have to hold the word in high regard that this is the final authority on everything. And we do not ever sway from that. And so we have to guard this and make sure that we, we break it right, that we, that we deliver it right, and that we are right in, in, in our theology. We have to protect from evil. And Jesus said that he would lay down his life to guard. How well do you guard your life? How well do you guard the life of those who God has entrusted to you? How well do you guard his word? How well do you, how much time do you spend figuring out what the word says so that you can rightly say what is true? Our Sunday school teachers are to guard the word and make sure that they break it right. And we are to be careful what we say and do and, and people watching are paying attention and we need to guard his word. We need to guard the sheep in our home. Guard, the, guard our kids from, from the phone, from the computer. You need to take your kid's phone every now and then and read what they write on it. You need to read and see where they've been. If you don't know how to do that, find somebody who does. You have every right to know where your kids are, who your kids are talking to and why. And I'm going to tell you, they're talking more than what you think. You say, oh, pastor, you, you don't know anything. Well, that's true. But I will say this. I've, as we've been doing disciple group and talking to third and fourth grade kids who have phones, talking about being up at 2 o'clock in the morning texting your girlfriend, number one, you don't need a girlfriend, number two, you don't need a phone, and number three, you don't need to be up at 2 o'clock in the morning because ain't nothing good that happens at 2 o'clock in the morning unless you're out frog gigging. And not with your girlfriend. <laughs> but I mean, really, we need, to, we, need to, we need to get, you need to get a handle on that and know what's going on. Uh, know what your kids are doing. We need to be guarding them. When I know his kids, God's kids are in danger, I need to guard them. How's it going to look uh, one day when Jesus' kids are lost and he'll say, why weren't you guarding them? We act like it's hard to protect them. It's so hard to tell them no. And then later we wish we'd have done something. We need to, uh, to guard them. The third thing he talks about, he talks about in Psalms. He says that he leads behind, beside the still waters to green pastures. What are, what are you feeding the sheep that depend on you? What are you feeding them? Do you, know what, do you know that what you feed, the sheep that depend on you matters? What you feed your kids matters? The word that you're sharing with your family matters? Sunday school teachers, the word that you share in your class matters? It has to be the things that God would have us to have. We have to be feeding them truth. If you feed a sheep rotten food, they're going to get sick. And, and uh, also we need to make sure if we're feeding them anything... Or are we just talking about the, the actions of the day or the, or, the, or the subjects of the day? We're not here to discuss 
just issues here at church. We're not here to discuss about a plan, you know, a 13-step plan to change our life. Jesus does that. There are, there are things that we can talk about, and there are things that we need to do. There are actions that we need to take. But ultimately, we need to be feeding, I need to be feeding you the truth. But the truth of the matter is, you need to be feeding yourself. If you're going to just eat what you get here, you'll starve to death. You need to eat more than that. Are you eating anything? Are you feeding anything? Some people, I think, just go to church and get fed once a week, and then they starve the rest of the week. What are you eating? Many people leave it up to someone else to feed them. Let me ask you this. Are you feeding anyone? God trusts us. He told Peter to to take care and to feed. So he said, Peter, if you love me, you will find someone who needs to hear about me, and you will take that person, and you will feed them. If you really love Jesus, there should be someone in your life, not only your family, not only your kids, but there should be someone that you are feeding on purpose, that you are dividing God's word and giving them to. When we milked cows at home, we fed everything every day. We fed them something. And, and most and the, and the milk cows that what we made our living off of we fed them twice a day and my my old dad was pretty particular about the way we did that we had a when i was in seventh grade we had a, a c10 chevrolet pickup four-wheel drive didn't have air conditioning had an am radio and my dad would put one by 12 sideboards on the top of it they had those little holes and he put that on there and when I came home every night, he had that just piled up as high as you could get. It was probably 15 feet high. Of course, when you're seventh grade, it looks, it wasn't that high, but it was, it was pretty high for a seventh grade kid. And every night before I could get done, I had to go shovel that. And my dad had a certain way that he wanted it done. And we had a group of heifers and a group of steers that was together, a pretty good group of steers and heifers. And, and my dad had about six bunks in there. And there was two bunks that were great big old wooden bunks. And I could put the whole pickup in those two bunks. And it didn't take very long because I'd just pull up to them, dump half of it off, pull off and dump that. But dad didn't want it that way because not all the cows could get to those two bunks. And so he, so, you know... I'd come home and I'd be, I'd, I'd be gone not very long and come back and he'd go, why did that not take very long? He goes, you're not doing it right. And so he'd go down there and he could tell. And he'd go, now you got to put it in all of them. Well, if you put it in all of them, you got to get out, get back in the truck, pull it up, get back out, shovel it out, get back in the truck, pull it. I mean, it just took too long. But he was certain, you know, there's a certain way you had to do it. And then it would snow and the snow would come. Well, in my mind, I was like, snow is water, and water's okay, and so I just dump all the feet on the snow, and my dad would just have a fit. He'd be like, you can't, you got to shove, you got to get out, and you got to shovel all that stuff and sweep everything out of there, because there was a certain way that he wanted it done. He wanted it done, I don't know, right. And Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, you will do it right. Now, I love my dad, 
But I was scared of him, so I did it right. But Jesus says, if you love me, I want you to do this in a right way. I, want you, I don't want you to just rush through it. I don't want you to just halfway go through it. Because there were sometimes I just halfway did the job. But when I realized that, that it's important that our lively, you know, as I got older and, and, and some of the cattle started to be mine and I started thinking about it more, you know, if I do a better job, they grow better and they make more money. Then it started, we need to be thinking of things like Jesus did. And Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to feed my sheep. And if you take care of my sheep, then they will grow and they will be what they're supposed to be and they will reproduce. We're called to love his sheep like he does and to feed them like he does. Don't you think that God has a certain way that he wants his sheep to eat? I don't know if you ever thought about it, but are we, are we doing that in a right way? Are we feeding someone every day or just maybe once in a while? How much do you care about Jesus' sheep? You say, we say we love Jesus, but let's be honest. How much do we really care about people? We take part in church and worship, but a lot of the time, hey, let's just be honest. In the world we live in, lots of times church is for me. I come to church because I like to sing, and it makes me feel better. And there's nothing completely wrong with that. But we're called to not just make church about us, but it is to be about those who are not part of the church. Giving, we are to, we are to be about those who are lost. Maybe you're thinking, well, that takes too much effort. That's too much work. That's unhandy. You know, it's pretty unhandy that Jesus had to leave heaven and go and live in a woman for nine months when he was an embryo growing into being a baby. It's pretty unhandy when he had to leave heaven to come and be a man and a boy and grow up and he had a job and then he gave his life on the cross. That's pretty unhandy. And so if Jesus is going to be unhandy because he loves, going to go through something that's pretty unhandy and maybe even not even fun, then I don't think that we have too much room to say, you know, God, that's just too much. That's just going to take too much effort. See, he says there's work to it. I think sometimes we think that the, that somebody else will do it, but God calls us. If you love me, he says, you get in there and take care of the sheep. Well, it takes too much time. Well, Jesus gave his whole life. You know, the Bible never speaks of a time when you grow too old to minister to someone else. It never says, you know, when you get to 65, then you don't have to minister anymore. It never says that. I think lots of times we think, well, I, I put in my time, I helped when my kids was little, I helped when my kids was here, and, and now I don't have to help anymore. That is not biblical. You never get to a place where you're done ministering he doesn't say to peter you you can feed my sheep until you get to this age and then you don't have to feed my sheep anymore he says take care of my sheep i think sometimes we dread taking care of the sheep 
we see all that could go wrong and we won't commit to it. And I wonder if we would just commit and love people the way Jesus did. If we would find that maybe it might be some of the most fulfilling work we've ever done. We might find that what we feared might end up being the favorite thing that we've ever done in our lives. It could be that we really like it. It could be that we really enjoy it. I'm not saying that it'll always be easy or always be fun, but it could be the thing that makes us thrive. When we pour ourselves into the life of Jesus' sheep, Jesus says, if you love me, take care of my sheep. Do you love Jesus' sheep? I'm just asking. If we're going to thrive, we'll have to. We have to. Let's stand. Father, we say we love you. And I believe that we do. But you say there's proof to that in the way that we live our lives. And Father, I pray that we would love your sheep the way we're supposed to. And Father, I pray that for me tonight. Father, there's, you have some difficult sheep sometimes. But you've called us to love them because you're interested in them. And so, Father, I pray that we would love people like you do. Father, help us not to be so worried about the church, but that we don't go out and try to get the one that is lost. Help us love the lost. Help us to guard what we say. Help us to be ones that are feeding others. Help us to be about what you're about. And help us to love your people like you do. Father, we we want to be the church you've called us to be, and I pray that we would. I pray that this week that we would seek what it is to thrive and that we would do whatever needs to be changed, change whatever needs to be changed in our life, add something, take something away, whatever it is, so that we would thrive and be what you have called us to be. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You are dismissed.